0: For now, let's start the conversation.
1: All right, welcome to um, Design to Change podcast, Howie. Hello, hello, and thank you for inviting me. This is so much fun. So, uh, Howie and I have known each other for quite a number of years, uh, Howie. I think probably more than a dozen years, maybe. It's, It's getting on that way, absolutely. It's all been great. There's all been great. <laughs> so Howard Baggett, for those of you that have not met him, uh, is based in essertin sur rolle which is uh, in, in Switzerland, in the south of Switzerland, uh, near the Lake Geneva. Beautiful place where he uh, designs partnerships and events to create meaningful change for humanity. The way that I met um, uh, Howie at first was actually through a series of events with the Internet Society which made us roam the globe and uh, travel to um, all continents a couple of times over. Um, And before that, uh, Howie was the um, manager of member services um, uh, for the Airports Council International. So he's got a global perspective. He um, has led the partnership development and the strategic events at the Internet Society, which are the people that originally look after the internet that nobody owns, but everybody wants to make sure it keeps functioning. Um, you're also a certified event designer and have participated in the programs before, and you're now uh, joining the EDC Mastermind program in uh, in 2021. Um, Howie, before we start, the first question in Design to Change in the book, when we open the the page, says, "A good conversation can shift
2: the direction of change forever." Would you leave it to chance? You know. I- <laughs> <laughs> I love this. I love this question, because I love to have conversations. Um, I strike them up absolutely everywhere. And <clears throat> so, interestingly enough, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer in serendipity. But, as you're asking the question, would you leave a good conversation to chance? Um, well, if, it was to be a, if if I wanted to go the way I want it to go, I'm not going to leave it all to chance. I'm going to, you know, take certain steps to make sure that the direction of the conversation goes the way that I actually want it. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I suppose it's no, but yeah, due to serendipity, I do love to have a random conversation with someone. Yeah.
1: And make no mistake, Howie does that in very um, relaxed environments, but also in highly stressful environments, as I've personally been able to experience in many different parts of the world um, including um, late night beach dinners in Bali uh, all the way to um, a run-in in in Mozambique uh, with um, um, police asking for passports
2: so the friendly law enforcement agents of Mozambique
1: yes (laughs) never back down so um, when you are when you're considering these horizons of change which is What this book is all about right so you've seen a lot of change not just you know the airports council but you know the internet society your own career has evolved over time and now you're exploring your next horizon of change Uh, let me ask you what is currently on your horizon of change
2: hmm yeah well you know we've had a really we've had a really tough year it seems a couple of years now it seems obviously due to covid um currently i'm actually in between um, in, in between jobs i'm looking for my next challenge and with when you put all of these things together my next horizon of change is really going to be the idea of you know how can i better serve well to be honest how can i better serve humanity what can i do that's going to be making a positive impact on as the most people um possible um, and, you know, how can we actually do good? You've only got a certain amount of time to actually do things in your life. And, and I now realize that I don't want to waste any more time. I really want to help people. And one of my special superpowers that I've got is the art of facilitation. Actually taking people from, you know, from looking at a project to how do we actually start it? How do we go through it? How do we talk about it? And, you know, how do we get to the end of this? And how do we create success? Hmm. Yeah
1: so that begs the question um elevating your ability to look and act beyond the now right this is part of what you've always been doing because events are pivotal moments of change Sure. just by the ones that you know i remember visiting with some of the projects that you've been working on events always are places where those serendipitous conversations can happen but also They shift the direction of change. Um, Sometimes you don't know where the change is headed though. And Mm -hmm. that that, that makes it very exciting as well. Um, For your change in the next onstage part of this podcast, we can do two things. We can either go down the horizons of change rabbit hole and explore further what questions it has to offer. Or we could spin a wheel and the other chapters are there as well, and we could see where we end up, uh, and you could explore that rabbit hole. Which one has your preference?
2: Oh, well, this is actually contradictory to your first question. You know, would you leave it to chance? Uh, and again, as I said, you know, I do love a bit of serendipity, so let's spin that wheel. Let's spin the wheel. Here we go. We should have a drum roll for this. there we
1: go putting design on the agenda has just popped up on my screen here which is uh, let me look up in the book putting design on the agenda is um the ping was a little late there from our spinning wheel it's chapter five okay and Chapter five, whenever we start the worksheet, and and by the way, if you are listening to this podcast and you're wondering, can I access this worksheet or other worksheets? Yes, you can. You will find that link in the liner notes of this podcast. And uh, you can also fill out the same questions that Howie is about to answer. Uh, Because serendipitously, we will get a number of answers now, but we're also going to ask Howie to fill in Uh, the questions after we record the podcast in a little written note in the same way that you can do that so that you can um, look back at the answers that others have given to the same set of questions so putting design on the agenda is probably one of the most important things to make sure that design can actually happen right Uh, you open the can of worm of of design Mm -hmm. and when you open the can of worms you really need to be ready to dig into this black box of design and figure out to, how to take that leap into the unknown, um, which for many people is um, a challenge. Let me, let me start by asking this first question here to you, uh, which is, how can you comfort your event owner that not having clarity with the initial ask is completely okay?
2: <laughs> yeah everyone likes a bit of clarity um yes yeah, it's, it's, this comes back to the good old saying of trust the process um but how do you get somebody that you've met for five minutes or maybe longer and who's going to be you know potentially paying you for a service how do you get them to embrace that um well i think firstly is you know there's always unknowns when you start something and only by discussing subject can you actually get to the bottom of what is actually um you know what the the what the pains are and what the gains are for this for that particular um you know issue so once you start in the process obviously this comes down to you know solid sort of event design once you start talking about it you can then list out what the what the what the major issues are and from then you can prioritize them and then you can follow basically uh, a methodology of going through this system from the start to the finish and working on what your solution is going to be. Um, now, once you've explained that to your client, that this is the way the process actually works, you know, we have to get a huge amount of data first to to that find the end result um that would hopefully be the would, would be the sort of the thing you need to say to comfort somebody when you're talking about the ambiguity of you know the uh, the designing for change yeah
1: and i think uh, the ability uh, like you said to to be okay with not knowing and to bathe in that ambiguity um is really the whole power of design thinking right where you fall in love with the problem and not the solution first, right? So um, excavating the problem together is part of Um, what you should be enjoying when you're a designer.
2: Yeah, Yeah, and also what what you think is a problem, what one person thinks is a problem might not be a problem to some of the other people in the room. So you get everyone's various perspectives on what the actual problem is. And Again, by having all of that data in front of you, you suddenly might have that, you know, eureka moment, whereas, you know, everyone thinks it's A or B is a problem, but actually it's Z that's the problem. It's got nothing to do with A and B. That's just a byproduct of Z. So
1: the next question here is: What guardrails do you offer to allow the event owner to feel comfortable to say yes to you for event design? So, what kind of guardrails do you do you offer the event owner to say yes um, to event
2: design? Yeah, the, the, so the security. What's going to be the security for the uh, for the event owner? Um, well, so I suppose I think. You can always show them. You can always show them some past events and past results that you've got. For example, we use Mural, which is a, a fantastic tool to you know get everybody's idea up. It's very visual. It's uh, it's a great. It shows a great process, a great thinking process as well. So once you've actually shown this to the, the, the event owner, <clears throat> they will have a better understanding of what it is and how it is that you achieve the end result. So that would be that would be kind of the the guardrail, and again it comes down to it has got to come down to this you know trust this question of trust you know do you trust me of getting from the start to the finish, yeah. um, I think the the one major issue is really the time it comes down to the amount of time because once you start going down looking at problems a list of problems it might not be something that you can solve in just one day. It actually might take a week (laughs) to actually solve all of the problems that you unearth when you're trying to get to the bottom of a particular issue. So um,
1: considering many event owners are outcome driven, right? How will you sketch the outcomes of event design? And how do you involve the event owner in the way forward once it's done?
2: <clears throat> so the, the actual, the outcome of the event design tends to be something that's driven by a group and the group of people that is actually going to be driving this is the, for example, they, they belong to the organization of the, of the event owner. Yeah. You always want to take a, a group of people, you know, various people from various departments to get a better, sort of a wider ranging perspective on the, uh, on, the on your final sort of design. Um, So that would be, I think that would be how you'd actually get to this of, that's how you get to the end result. It's not necessarily me as an event designer. I'm more, you know, we're we're working as a facilitator, although being an event professional myself, I would obviously find it very hard not to, you know, add in little, you know, great nuggets of information to help the design along the way and, and things that can actually increase the chance of success or create that success
1: yeah and 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 by putting alternatives on the table i think you um made by a team you kind of amalgate the thinking of multiple people right which yeah. um, if, if you can present that clearly in short narratives we've seen that to be very powerful like like you've experienced as well um especially when it seems so difficult to grasp right sure. i I remember, you know, when we were designing Intercommunity 2015, one of the first iterations for the Internet Society of a board meeting opened up to 80,000 people that are members. At first, I remember the staff being extremely puzzled about, you know, okay, so a new CEO comes in within 6 months she wants an event for the internet on the internet by the Internet Society team and everybody should be involved, right? It, so- it sounds like a like a very audacious task to try and bring that to a good end
0: (laughs) if you're enjoying this conversation check out the book and full multimedia experience by purchasing your copy of design to change elevating your abilities to look and act beyond the now visit design to change.online to order your copy and start interacting with more thought-provoking content like this
1: it it sounds like a like a very audacious task to try and bring that to a good
2: end (laughs) yeah and it it, it was an amazing it was such foresight that that the ceo of the time kathy brown that she had was to actually even think about doing that i mean a lot of the decisions that she made as the ceo were you know the to say they were sort of ahead of their time Well, that's exactly what they are i mean the other organizations kind of followed suit. we started we adopted using zoom for for meetings rather than have in-person meetings i mean these were all sort of these kind of eureka moments that you know we now kind of uh, some of them we now take for granted but when we were doing it it was like wow you know this is that's completely open that is completely transparent we are eating our own dog food um as it were and i
1: remember the the design itself the design cycle putting it on the on the agenda at the time, um, we had teams in—I think it was Geneva and Reston—and in Montevideo and in Asia Pacific somewhere. I forget. I think it was Singapore. I'm not sure. That were working over a 48-hour cycle to bring together all the stakeholder perspectives. Right? <clears throat> it was actually before we had a facilitation kit ready, um, which now everybody uses, you know, because it's the process. But uh, we secretly tested that on the team. That Nicole Armstrong, who's actually earlier earlier on in this podcast, you can listen to her. She's now with Mike. Fabulous
2: Nicole Armstrong. <laughs> <laughs> My colleague took, took,
1: took the Alpha of our facilitation kit and tried it on the team in in Washington D.C. in Reston. Um, really, the you know the very first time it was printed. So it's it's uh, it's fascinating to see. And I remember your board of trustees asking questions about you know the packet loss in Zoom. You know, such (laughs) such wizards and you know such high level of uh, knowledge (laughs) about the actual technology behind what that then
2: the latency and everything, all the technical aspect was a huge issue for us.
1: Yeah, and 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 now it seems so ubiquitous, right? Where everybody is just using Zoom and you know other tools as well. But I remember at the time that was the big. uh, the big thing is, you know, let's see if we can break a little bit of the internet whilst we do this event. So we test its mm-hmm. boundaries. Yeah. Good stuff. Let's go to the next one, which is the fourth question, here, which is how does getting design on the agenda help the event owner in other parts of the organization
2: to to achieve strategic goals? So yeah, event design is, a you know, a, it, the beauty of it is it's such a transparent process. Mm-hmm. Um, and you really uncover all the information that you need. You have to get too much information through event design if there is such a thing because you know everybody's, everybody who's in, the, who's in the, the team, they're contributing, you're getting input from them all. One, one problem with any kind of you know, project management or meetings that you would normally have is that the person who's loudest and the person who's most uh, outgoing, and also the person who's got the highest of rank within the organization. They're the ones who are actually going to be heard, and the people who are much more introverted, they're the ones who aren't going to be heard. So with event design, we're actually asking people to give us their input, write it down, and say it as they put it up. So by doing that, you're really showing this this, uh, equality when it comes to the whole idea of planning design part. And also because it's not just made up of event owners this can for example for us in the internet society we had members of the technology team the development team and the and the policy team who were and also the event team obviously who were all you know taking part in this event design and the reason for it is because we want to have their perspectives so that means that when, when it comes to us identifying who these Stakeholders are what we're trying to do and what we're trying to create from this event, we will have all the information in front of us there's nothing is nothing can't be seen, and we can actually you know, we can actually create an event which will have the, the behavioral change that we need to you know to to create. Yep.
1: I remember also in hindsight. Um, Kathy saying uh, at the time. You know, this 2015 edition was actually just a warming up uh, to get the organization to stretch its ability to, uh, to do work right across all the silos because everybody's busy doing their own thing, but she created an over the top project where everybody could contribute to show that the organization together can do something that's a marker of change, Mm -hmm. but also it led to, it was almost preempting the 25th anniversary at the time, two years later. Right. so it was like a two-year ramp up to the 25th anniversary in 2017 and it allowed for two additions to kind of be prototyped before this big celebration was happening for the 25th anniversary so um you know in hindsight you could see the strategic thinking how each pivotal moment of experiment one in 2015 experiment two in
2: 2016
1: you know yeah. trying with yeah there was a we were, there
2: was a method behind the yeah. behind the the events yeah yeah I mean, one of the things that uh, I remember Kathy saying, I can't exactly remember word for word, but it was around the idea of, you know, we're the internet society. We're not the travel society. So, you know, why are we using aircraft to fly places to have meetings when we can use the internet to actually have these meetings? And, And that also, the reason for it was we were always very... Um, making sure we were always very good at making sure our events were open and accessible for everyone because as soon as you put travel in the equation then you know that rules out most people for financial reasons yeah. so by putting our events online we suddenly opened it up to the masses and not just to the select few. so yeah. and with that everyone's voice could be heard yeah
1: and that was quite unique uh, in in those times um you know since 2019, 2020, 2021. Uh, many more people have now um, gone down that similar pathway.
2: Sure, also- and we, we also bear in mind we also started um, live streaming way back at about 2014 as well. Yeah. We had uh, a couple of live stream kits, and we were going about with these kits, and I was setting them up in in various events. And there was one in America, and then, and then we had one in Africa, and, and these were these were great because again it gave um, you know our chapters the opportunity to even though they couldn't be there they could watch it in real time and they could communicate with us so yeah yeah so i think it's super exciting to see
1: um also remembering you know designing events and then taking the same format of the event design to different to each continent a number of times in different languages actually even in, in you know french and english and spanish and um and where the actual you know, formats and design of the event was identical, but it, as a chapter leader workshop, but actually what ended up being experienced in the same way, uh, very user-centric and user-driven conferences. Um, But the outcomes would be quite different in different places, right? So the effect of it on the contributors from many different countries to connect and, you know, we'd have a series of fishbowls and we would have a series of conversations in multiple languages sometimes with outcomes. And then having, you know, solution rooms to harvest what the outcomes are and how to action them on an individual level by peer consulting. And I was always amazed at how um, people that are driven for the same cause with common care Mm -hmm. um, uh, want to engage in conversation and and make it a level playing field, like you said,
2: like the way you can now do it by not traveling. Um, I mean, the one thing that... Sorry, the one thing that brought all these people together, obviously, you know, is the fact that they all, you know, believed in the internet to be open and accessible for everyone. Yeah. And, you know, that was kind of the driving factor. But seeing that some of the issues that we, we talked about, you know, for example, in Africa, they were definitely gonna be different to the issues that we talked about in North America or yeah. within Europe. Yeah. But then again, still, you do have all of the issues that pertain in Africa still do pertain in these other places. Yeah. I mean, there's this thing called, obviously you've heard of the digital divide and uh, it's crazy to think that even in New York, of all places in the world, in New York, there's a massive digital divide, and there's a lot of people who don't actually have access, you know, full-time access to, uh, to, you know, to the internet, and that's crazy. New York, of all places. Yeah, yeah. We've got some. I mean, there's some great people who are working on uh, projects of, you know, community networks, building the network up in these places. So, you know, this is all coming to a head, and it's, uh, it's, a, it's a work in progress, but still, it's uh, amazing
1: and i And I remember that you know how tangible those outcomes of those projects are, right and I think that's what's so encouraging um when you do design events that change behavior in the desired direction of change, you can see the outcome to really create value and benefit um, mm-hmm. and uh, you know to me to this day I think the the events that i've experienced there are really like um a precursor to what what happens in other organizations later. So it's uh, uh, the work you guys have done has always been pioneering, and uh, I recommend to check it out. We'll put some links also down in the in in the, in the chat, so you can uh, or in the comment box, so you can see um, maybe some examples of what those were and how those functioned way before uh, 2021, because today is 12th of October 2021 if people listen to this maybe on the internet 10 or 20 years from today, Howie, um, you know, <laughs> they might wonder, what is this COVID thing they're talking about? Although exactly. probably they can consult the internet to document because how that the went. The equivalent
2: plague to us. <laughs> yeah.
1: And um, yeah, so th- th- this, this will stay for posterity. And on that note, I want to ask you, um, Howie, two favors. The first one is, um, can we ask you to also provide the answer to these four questions? to us in writing. I would try my Um, best. Which is also the challenge, you know, will you answer it kind of the same or differently? But that's absolutely fine. The spoken and the written words sometimes are different. The second question is, one year from today, uh, so around the 12th of October 2022, um, would you be up to have a next conversation and to look back at your horizon of change from this year's perspective?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would love to do that. And I do hope my uh, my horizon of change is uh, well, more or less the same. It's the same kind of the principles, right? It's just I'm um, now putting it into practice. Yeah. yeah. And,
1: and leaving a time gap always helps to see the delta, right? To see the difference. Very often, most change happens between the events. So let's call this an event, right? Our onstage Design to Change podcast, um, which uh, we're going to uh, close off in a moment, and then we'll go to a much uh, better place, which is backstage, right? Where um we can have some free flow conversations and hear the backstories of all the stuff you didn't dare to ask in the first part which was <laughs> scripted through the book uh, but uh, thank you Howie for this uh, on stage edition and uh, we'll see you backstage in a couple of moments thank you Rude
2: and thank you everyone for listening
0: this has been another episode of the design to change designer conversation series Explore these conversations and additional content at designtochange.online Want more right now? Tune into the backstage episode of this conversation and hear what the experts discuss offstage.